you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. What would we ever do without you? The Chris Voss Show, the family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as your mother. Uh, and now go clean your room. Anyway, whatever that means. Uh, so anyway, guys, we have an amazing gentleman on the show. We're going to be talking about B2B sales, uh, content marketing, uh, content making, all that sort of great stuff, and some of the different things that you can do to uh, improve the quality of your business, get more sales, and all that good stuff. Uh, and uh, before we get into it, though, as always, uh, the guilt and shaming of go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss. We're talking a little bit about that today. And our big LinkedIn newsletter over there, Grows Like a Weed, 130,000 group over there. Subscribe to that as well. Uh, also, go to TikTok. We're starting to kill it on TikTok for some reason. And we just found a really cool AI to cut up our our content. Uh, so uh, Chris Voss won over there in the Chris Voss Show podcast on TikTok. Uh, today we have an amazing gentleman on the show. He is the uh, managing director of a company called Napier, B2B.com. Michael Maynard is on the show with us today. Uh, Mike is a self-confessed geek who loves talking about technology. Who saw that coming? Uh, he believes that combining the measurement accountability and innovation that he learned as an engineer with a passion for communicating ensures Napier, his company, delivers great campaigns and tangible return on investment. He began his career as an electronics design engineer working for companies ranging from GEC Marconi to DDA, developing products from complex radar systems to Kim Wilde's mixing desk. Uh, he later joined IDT Incorporated, an American semiconductor company, making his move into the marketing when he switched from European Applications Manager to European Marketing Manager. Welcome to the show, Mike. How are you? Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm great. There you go. And I, I skipped a key part here. You acquired this company, I guess, in 2001? Yeah, that's right. I decided to buy a, a technology agency about a month before the dot-com crash, which was not my best business idea. <laughs> and 9-11 uh, and everything else that happened. Or wait, yeah, yeah. Or, no, that was 2011. I don't know what area I'm living in. Uh, clearly, uh, I need more coffee. So uh, give us your dot-com again. I think I gave it a plug, but let's uh, get it from your lips. Yeah, sure. It's uh, napierb2b.com, which is N-A-P-I-E-R. The letter B, the number two, the letter B.com. And if you're into B2B marketing, you'll get the URL. And if you're not, you're probably wondering why on earth we've got something so complicated. There you go. Uh, so give us a 30,000 overview of what Napier B2B does. Yeah, so what we do is we help companies that are building technical products, so technical things, sell them to other companies. So mm -hmm. that's the technology and the B2B. So um, we're helping them sell to, generally speaking, engineers. There you go. So engineers is right up your wheelhouse. Um, and uh, you've been doing this since 2001. So, geez, what is that, like 22 years, 23 years? 
Yeah, a little bit longer than that. I mean, I, I realized actually when you read the bio that Kim Wilde's mixing desk mm. is going to date me, and a lot of listeners are going to go, who on earth was Kim Wilde? I'm sure. Tell us. <laughs> oh, Kim Wilde was, uh, was a fantastic uh, British pop star. So uh, famous, uh, I think, mostly for Kids in America being her son. There you go. Gotta love, gotta love the pop. You, you heard the Beatles too? There's the Beatles there. I'm not going that long, Beatles Chris. There you go. There's a couple of them still around, evidently. There you go. Well, there's still time. There you go. Uh, so uh, give us a 30,000 overview of, of some of the in-depth stuff you guys do, uh, some of the ways you help these companies do B2B sales. Yes, I think it's really interesting. We spend most of our time working with very large companies. So companies with tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of people in them, You know, perhaps turning over a billion dollars a year. Um, and what we do is we help them sell. The interesting thing to me is a lot of what they can do is mm -hmm. now accessible to people who are running, you know, very small or even, you know, one person businesses. So to me, you know, what we're doing is we're helping bring the technology that's available for marketing to our big customers, um, but also increasing to some small startups as well. There you go. There you go. And so what size of companies is kind of your bottom limit uh, of size that you'll work with? Do you have one? And uh, what, what are the companies that are a good fit for you? That's a great question. So our smallest company was actually three people. Um, oh, wow. And we did a couple of projects there. So we're, we're not pretentious about, you know, they've got to be a certain size. Um, but generally speaking, uh, you know, the best fit companies are companies that are making um, a technical product. And that can be, you know, something physical. Um, so we have clients that make like huge industrial motors. We have clients that make AI silicon chips um, to mm -hmm. speed up AI. Um, or they can be doing some uh, software. So that could be software around you know, helping businesses run more efficiently um, or helping engineers do their job. And that's, that's another big area. We do uh, things called software development tools. So software engineers actually bizarrely use software to create better software. It's kind of a, you know, a recursive sort of thing. But um, we do a lot of helping those companies talk to software engineers and sell their products. There you go. Do you find that a lot of companies, especially engineering companies, have a hard time bridging that gap into the people marketing business? Definitely. I, th I think this is one of the big challenges. Um, and, you know, I, I used to be an engineer, so I, I, I did all the wrong things. Um, I know how it goes wrong. Um, and what happens is you have these engineers and they've spent three years of their life and they've dedicated it to designing, you know, a new product. Um, mm -hmm. And let's say it's a, it's a new drive that powers a motor. And three years of their life has been pumped into this, all their expertise, all their effort. And they want to tell you every single detail about what it does. They want the precise specifications because, you know, they've worked hard making it 0.1% more efficient. Um, mm -hmm. But the problem is when it comes to marketing, people don't actually want all that detail. They can go look at that if they need to. But initially what they want to know is, you know, how is it different? Why does it stand out? You know, the classic sort of marketing messages. Um, and so, you know, being able to tell the story around, you know, why the product was developed and why it's different and why it's special, that's what we're really good at. And we help people do that. But also we help people phrase it in a way that engineers like. Because, you know, speaking as an engineer, we're pretty special people. We're we're pretty yeah. unusual. You know, we're not necessarily a classic people people. You know, we're we're, we're quite nerdy, um, and so we like things communicated in a certain way. So we're able to take those stories and make them exciting to engineers who do care about you know some of the details and some of the technology. 
There you go. And, and, and having someone help translate that, because I, you know, I know how engineers and my Silicon Valley people are, you know, a bit nerdy and technical and, you know, they'll, you know, their conversation is like, so you take the ISO, uh, 540, to the CDL and you're like, I don't know, I don't know where, what are you talking about? And, uh, so being able to convert that to a marketing aspect where, you know, people are like, why do I want to buy this? And what does it do for me? Uh, can really, uh, you know, help with that translation. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I love the quoting of the ISO regulations there, Chris. You know, you're obviously <laughs> I well just, I didn't mean that stuff. up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm just making shit up at this point. Yeah. It sounds real. That's how, uh, that's how it is. No, I mean, we have, we have a great example. For example, we do a lot of work with, um, you know, companies developing software. Um, and in, in, you know, the automotive sector, you're, you're producing software for cars. You kind of want it to work if it's the system controlling your brakes, for example. That helps, yeah. Um, it, it's important. And so, you know, you could talk to a normal person and say this software helps make sure that when you hit the brake pedal, the car actually stops. Um, mm -hmm. Engineers probably want it slightly different, you know, and that they'll talk about this software helps you comply to ISO 26262, which is the, the hot one in, in the automotive sector. Um, I'm sure you that love that. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's great, my great late night I, reading. IS2, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, 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 you know, you, you have to communicate it in a way that really says to the engineer what it's going to do, how it's going to help them. And, you know, it, it's hugely important. And, and let's be honest, it's really important that when you do hit those brakes, the car does stop. I've found that. Uh, the judge <laughs> says, last time I cut someone's brakes, I can't do that anymore. Now, you guys have what you guys call the four-step process. Tell us about how that works and how you help clients with it. That's a great question. So, again, this is, you know, kind of a bit of a, a nerdy marketing thing. Um, but what we find happens a lot is that when people start marketing, they see all these tools and they've got all these different things. And they go, oh, we can run Google ads or we can go on LinkedIn and we can do some advertising or, you know, we can write some blog posts or we can create a TikTok. And, you know, they're rushing off in four different directions, doing four different things that actually don't really help each other. Um, mm -hmm. And so what we do is we put in a process and, and the whole point of the process is to get people to think. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're marketing, you know, there's a couple of stages you've got to go through. Um, and the first is, you know, thinking about where you are and where you want to get to. So, you know, it, it's that change that you've got to make. Um, and that might be that, you know, you're a company that uh, doesn't have a great reputation, you want a great reputation, or it might be you've got a product nobody's heard of and you want people to hear about it. And that's what we call the determined stage. That's the first stage. Then you've got to work out who you're talking to and what's going to change their mind. So you've got to understand them. And, and there's lots of, you know, people looking in depth at, at marketing and they, they build these personas, these models of, of what people are like. Um, but that's our focus stage. We look at who we're going to talk to, what they care about, what their problems are, and how we're going to solve their problems. And so we kind of have these two stages before we rush in that make sure that, that our campaigns and then built upon something that's going to be effective. Um, because you can run great campaigns, you can you know, even get campaigns that go viral and generate a lot of views, but actually don't generate any sales. Um, yeah. And what re we really care about, and I think this is, you know, marketers talk a lot about ROI, right? It's like, you need to make sales. At the end of the day, most of marketing is around driving sales um, or making people more um, enthusiastic about being a customer. There you go. Plus, you got to refill that advertising budget if you don't make sales and refill that advertising. You know, you can't advertise anymore, and then you just file bankruptcy. So the four-step process: determine, focus, deliver, and enhance. I like these identifiers here, and how you have them, um, and and also for uh, delivering great service as well. Tell us a little bit about that. So 
I mean, what this does, this process, is it lets our clients, you know, understand how we're building campaigns. Oh, um, so helps the engineers in, in the interpretation too, huh? Yeah, but but also we talk about so so a lot of agencies talk about you know measuring results at the end. I mean, that's too late. You know, if your client spent a load of money with you, you've run a campaign, you go, yeah, it didn't work. That's that's not really very helpful. So we're always <laughs> measuring. We're looking to actually you know put things in that say, are we heading in the right direction? Or are we not? Mm-hmm. Um, and that for us is super important because, you know, when it comes to marketing, it's about creating ideas mm-hmm. and some of those ideas really work and really resonate. Some of them perhaps, you know, not quite there, but if you can see that you've just missed a little bit and you can redirect, um, you know, at the start of the campaign, you can actually end up with a really effective, really good campaign. So we talk about enhanced because delivering great service is all about making sure we get to where the customer wants to go. Um, and so it is that continual course correction to make sure that, you know, okay, our first, our first attempt, our first idea, you know, maybe it was perfect, maybe it wasn't, but if it wasn't perfect, we're going to get to that perfect idea by the end of the campaign. There you go. And so you guys do a lot of different things with uh, campaign strategy. Uh, you do uh, marketing research, measurement results, uh, international campaigns, uh, PR and media relations. That's probably one important aspect. I should ask you, do you, work with, you, you basically work with anyone around the globe or do you have a specific market you like to do business with? That's a great question. So we do work around the globe um, with mm-hmm. clients, but um, you know, our biggest areas really are Europe and the U.S., Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, recently about 18 months ago, we actually launched an office in the U S which is quite exciting for us as a European company. We've been working with American clients basically mm-hmm. for the entire history of the company. Um, but opening in the U S has allowed us to do a lot more there. And that's, that's been a, a real exciting success for us. Um, but you know, that's our focus and, you know, I'm going to be honest, don't come to us if you want a campaign in China, we're not experts in China. Um, oh. And that's a very specialized area. Um, and equally, Japan, again, very specialized. So we won't be there, but we do run campaigns, you know, particularly across the English speaking world. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking for campaigns in Australia, a lot of our campaigns run that way, that sort of area. What sort of social media platforms do you usually run on? Well, being business to business, LinkedIn is like the biggest platform. There you go. Um, and, and the reason for that. Um, and I don't know how many of your listeners will, will know a lot about LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, but LinkedIn lets you target by um, what they say, firmographics and demographics. So a bit about the company and a bit mm-hmm. about the person. So you can say, I want to target chief engineers at companies that do this product. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they're in food manufacturing. Um, and LinkedIn uniquely lets you do that. And that's LinkedIn's superpower because a lot of people, when they're marketing, they know who they want to talk to. They know the kind of companies these people work in. They just don't know the individuals. Um, and LinkedIn lets you get there. So that's by far our primary um, uh, sort of social media platform. Other social media platforms, not exclusively, but generally tend to be used for things like retargeting. So when mm-hmm. someone gets hit with one of our LinkedIn campaigns or something else, you know, maybe an outbound email or just Google search, they come to the website, we'll then show them ads on other social media platforms. And that's very cost effective, um, but it's much, much harder to find the people we want on those other platforms. LinkedIn's unique in its ability to find people. It definitely is. Back in the day when there was pretty much the kind of the big three, there was Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn we used to say, think of LinkedIn as the bar, <laughs> which hasn't changed much. <laughs> think of Facebook as uh, your house or hanging out at the family uh, reunion. And then LinkedIn is, think of being at work. So, you know, post appropriately and 
act appropriately in those in those three segments. Last thing you want to do is be on LinkedIn, uh, acting like you're in a bar and posting bar stuff and things. Although I've seen people do it, but I, I love LinkedIn. I've loved LinkedIn for all my years. It's so great, and and you can interact with people or professionals, or at least they're acting professional until they get to Twitter. <laughs> so they go, but you can target people, and uh, you can target people on uh, you know whether you're engineers or CEOs and what they're into. You know, our our big target is leadership and, and podcasts, and so um, it's just such a great platform, and uh, it's it seems it seems to be getting better our newsletter over there just keeps growing immensely it goes out to everyone's email it's mm -hmm. it's uh i've loved it our groups used to be able to send a group email to everybody uh but uh microsoft fucked all that up but that's another story <laughs> um so uh what what do we touched on that you guys do and help with clients that we should uh tease out to people so I think what we do is, you know, we, we really help people reach engineers. Um, and so that that's that's our first thing. And that's why, you know, you mentioned our services and you talked about services. And, and it's true, we do a lot of things. But the reason we do a lot of things is because they all need an understanding of who you're talking to. Mm. And I think it's going back to, uh, you know, you talk about the, the different social media platforms. You really need to be very different in the way you behave, the way you advertise on Facebook than you do on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is much more professional. Um, you know, one of our clients actually said, they said, you know, the, the real difference is, is LinkedIn. People go there to do work. Facebook, people go there to waste time. And advertisers should respect <laughs> that they're trying to waste time. And, and he was absolutely right. You've got to go and have yeah. fun on Facebook. It's got to be enjoyable. You know, it, it's very different from LinkedIn, where actually, um, you know, sometimes some fairly unexciting um, content can actually do really, really well because it talks about an important topic. Whereas you try that on Facebook, it's going to crash and burn. You know, people want to have fun. They want to enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to do business over there. I see people trying to do business on Facebook, and I'm just like, what? Anyway, you can't you can't target people with jobs. I don't think you can target people with ads and jobs. But LinkedIn is so good. So, what are you finding most companies now uh, in the B two B market really struggle with the most, and and how do you help them overcome that? That's a great question. I I think if you look, companies whether they're big or small all have the same problems. Mm. Um, and this I find really interesting. You know, we'll have the same problem with, you know, a client that's got four thousand people in marketing across the globe to a client that's got maybe twenty people total in the company. Um, and generally speaking, it's around content. It's around creating things that they can then use for marketing. Um, most people know how to push the buttons and push out a LinkedIn campaign. And yes, you know, could we do it better than they could in house? Possibly. Um, mm -hmm. But is it going to make a massive difference? No, you know, it's maybe a 50% improvement. If we can create great content, and a lot of that comes from great ideas, mm -hmm. um, then we can make a huge difference. You know, it's orders of magnitude better in terms of performance when you create that content. And almost universally, what we're seeing is, you know, everyone's talking about content marketing. The reality is, is although they're talking about content marketing, they're all struggling to generate that content. And having people who can do that is really, I think, the, the superpower of having an agency like us. Um, and that's why, you know, we're so focused on one particular thing, talking to technical people about technical products, mm -hmm. because we're really good at creating content that works in that environment. There you go. Creating the content. Uh, do you guys repurpose a lot of content that maybe yeah, people absolutely. are trying to make work? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's all about taking one thing and, and reusing it as many times as possible. Um, and particularly when you're talking about something technical, because quite often you might need, you know, someone fairly senior in the company um, who's an engineer who, you know, really doesn't put marketing at the top of his priority list to come and, you know, validate what you've created and make sure that you have got those technical details right or to come and brief you at the start. Um, and so if you do a one and done piece of content from that, that's it. You know, you've got one piece of content. You're not going to get anything else. He's probably not going to come back. And typically it's a he, sadly, with the, some of the best um, CTOs I know of a female, but most of the people are male in our industry. Um, but, you know, you, you've got one piece of content and that's it. So you've got to look to repurpose it and you've got to think about from the start, how am I going to get something that can then be split into different things? And that can be, you know, taking something that's written and creating video or animations from it, mm-hmm. or it can be taking an interview and then spinning out, you know, different pieces from that as well. Lots of different ways to do it. There's no one magic way to repurpose. The, mm-hmm. the magic way to repurpose is think about it at the start. There you go. I mean, when it really comes down to it, I mean, engineers can be very cerebral, very technical uh, based, you know, kind of like we joked about uh, earlier, but sales is still a human, sometimes, well, most times emotional sort of decision-making process. Uh, you know, people people buy based on emotion. And so being able to bridge that gap for your clients and make sure that, you know, whoever's on the other end, the buying end is, is connecting with the product. Uh, maybe not always from an engineer basis. Um, you know, they, they, they can understand what's going on and, and make their decisions. Uh, are you guys using or seeing any advancements in AI that's maybe helping you, uh, and your clients do better? It's getting there. Um, I mean, I think the challenge, is that AI is really good at reproducing content that's similar to other stuff. Ah. Um, and, and, and that's what we see. And, you know, if you see e- even the image creation things where, you know, you ask for, a, I don't know, a giraffe riding an elephant or something, it, it's still basically, you know, pasting a giraffe on top of an elephant. Um, you know, and, and, and it's something you'd never see in real life, but, but it's bits of things that are kind of pasted together. And it's the same with written content, you know, chat GPT, mm-hmm. when it produces content, it's fundamentally kind of pasting ideas together that already exist. So mm-hmm. for us, there are two problems. One is quite often we're talking about something new. Um, and today AI is not great about writing something new. It can kind of do it, but it's, it's not brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. And secondly, it's incredibly technical. And so those technical differences matter hugely. Um, and again, AI is not great at fact checking. You know, um, my, my favorite thing is, you know, one of my, holo- my one of my hobbies is speed skating, and I'm a, a genuinely terrible speed skater. All my friends who skate will, will be laughing at this. Um, but I typed into Chat GPT a little while ago, you know, tell me about the greatest speed skaters in history, uh-huh. um, and it gave me this really good answer. And then I said. What about Mike Maynard? Isn't he one of the greatest short track speed skaters in history? And ChatGPT went, oh, yes, funny you should say that. Actually, he is. He skated for Canada. He did, you know, I had this amazing career that it made up for me. Um, wow. and, and genuinely, there's no Mike Maynard that skated for Canada and, and had this history and competed in the Olympics. It didn't happen. Um, you, but, but for yeah. a while, I felt great. And I think that's a big yeah. problem with ChatGPT and technology and technical products is there's so many facts that have to be right mm. ai is not great at getting facts right yeah um, and so so that that's another challenge i mean will it get there well it, it's certainly going to get a damn sight better than it is now um, there you go. i mean that's for sure you know it, it's it's absolutely going to get closer and closer 
you know, the jury's out as to whether it will replace writers. I suspect it probably won't. I suspect there'll be fewer writers who are, you know, much, much more creative driving the AI and using it as a tool rather than, you know, all the writers disappear um, or all the designers disappear. I think there'll, there'll still be people around, but it, it's going to be an incredibly powerful tool. And it's only getting better. There you go. Uh, you know, maybe you'll get a Hall of Fame, Hockey Hall of Fame thing or Speed Skater Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, induction yeah. you'd be like wait they bought that wow that'd be also i did play hockey a while ago so uh quite yeah. a few years ago now but uh chat gpt doesn't seem to to know about my hockey career i'll have to tell yeah. him. <laughs> i'm gonna tell it how i'm the sexiest man alive and i've been yeah. on the cover of uh, vogue or whatever 10 times see if it buys it there you go uh so there's a lot of interesting things that go into marketing do you feel that in the future marketing is going to get more challenging more noisy uh harder to you know social media is pretty noisy these days even linkedin uh do you think you get, it's harder to be seen is it harder to to get noticed or do you just have to be like yourselves where you you have your finger on the pulse and you've you know how to dial it in I love that question. That that's such a good question, Chris. Because this is why they pay me a dollar for coming on the show and being the host. <laughs> I get a dollar per show. Doubled your salary? That's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes they throw yeah. in like a quarter or something. Yeah. <laughs> cool. No, no, it's, it's a brilliant question because what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot more noise. There's going to be a lot more noise, a lot more content. AI is going to generate an awful oh, lot more content, God. but. The reality is, is only a tiny proportion of content that's generated today has any impact. Only a tiny percentage of um, tweets or posts or anything go viral. Um, and so that's not going to change. And what we're going to see is we're going to see two groups of, of marketers. We're going to see one group going for volume, and they're going to produce low quality, high volume. And it's not going to do well. It's going to do very much like it does today. It's 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 pretty meh, you know. I mean, you might get something, but it's never going to go big, um, and most of your stuff will never get viewed. And, and there's there's been studies that show, you know, some websites ninety percent of the pages never get viewed. Um, oh wow! Very large, very large, very very large websites. So, um, you know, th they never get looked at. People only look at a very small percentage. So, these people going for volume and just investing everything in in uh, AI to generate volume, they're going to struggle. Um, and it's going to get harder and harder for them because there'll be more and more volume. There's going to be other people that focus on quality. Um, and the reality is in marketing, and you know, sometimes agencies I say this, but some of your campaigns will work, some of them won't. The campaigns that really work are the ones you should go and invest more dollars in. Um, mm. And you should be doubling down on what works and what really resonates with your audience. Um, and that, again, you know, let's bring this all the way back to repurposing. You know, A lot of what we do is we'll produce different... Um, uh, pieces of content mm -hmm. we'll look at what works with the client and then the content that gets the best engagement will then start repurposing and putting it maybe you know from written into video or video into written or whatever it is um and really focusing down on the thing that we know works um and focusing on that quality and, and doubling down on on what actually delivers results mm -hmm. that's what's going to be the best thing for people in marketing and, and that's what marketing you know, I think really will be in the future is finding, you know, those, those sweet spot um, things and then really, really working on them. There you go. Uh, yeah. It's, I, I just, I, I realized that as soon as you said it, um, that AI is going to make the world noisy. People are going to be putting, you know, there's already now a thing where uh, I guess Amazon has been flooded with AI written books on travel that are just flooding the market. Some, some are hijacking copyright and, um, 
and uh, people's content that they've made as a human being. And uh, but yeah, they it, it it's flooding. It's going to flood everything. And and uh, I guess everybody will write a book here with AI or something. I don't know. It's going to get insane, <laughs> and it's going to get harder to get noticed. It's crazy. I mean, Amazon's also having the same problem with reviews. You know, there, there's lots of oh, yeah. um, lots of sites where you just search for as an AI in the review section and you see all these reviews that are AI generated. So yeah. Um, yeah. Top tip on Amazon. If you see as I'm an AI in any of the the reviews, probably don't trust any of the reviews for that product. Yeah. We've seen that in podcasting with podcasting reviews. Yeah. I've had people that I'm like, how do you have like three episodes and 500, uh, reviews and they all read like a bot in fact sometimes their <laughs> their grammar will be off and they'll be like a period in the wrong place on all of them and i'm like oh i see what's going on uh you i get those approaches on linkedin like all the time mm. I, I don't know why pakistan and india have cornered the market on podcast promotion uh but i don't know somehow we failed in our countries to uh corner that market <laughs> don't do that people um the uh but i mean that's just an example the more noise that that's mm. going to be out there and you know creating content that converts that brings that builds awareness makes a difference and then you know you guys have a little bit of added feature where you know there's the technical aspect of it that you have to make uh juicy or what's the word i'm looking for you know uh, uh uh you know something that's exciting for people even though you know talking about microchips or or something like that might not be you know as fun as i don't know buying a car or buying a ferrari or something you know it's a little bit more technical yeah well i'm as an engineer clearly talking about microchips is way more interesting than talking about cars unless you want to go back to those iso standards where you know it's yeah. excited. <laughs> there you go well you gotta you gotta you gotta do the uh, iso standards and the the DDT and the uh, that's that's a poison for rats or something. I don't know. The, I'll just start making up shit here. So, uh, any final thoughts before we go out on uh, teasing out what you guys do and how you do it and uh, how people can onboard with you, reach out to you, and get to know you guys better? I I mean it, it's been fun conversation. I think you know if people out there they're working for a company that's B two B, they're um, selling something that's technical, whether it's software or a real product, you know just come and ask me questions. Um, and I love talking to people. So, you know, obviously we mentioned the website, napierb2b.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Mike Maynard. I'm the only Mike Maynard at Napier. Um, or you can email me. And, and I'm sure most of your uh, your viewers, you know, they're pretty smart. They probably realize my email address is mike at napierb2b.com. You know, if you've got questions, just send me an email. Um, you, you know, love to talk to people. Be great to get to meet some through the show. There you go. That'll be awesome. Uh, thank you very much, Mike, for coming to the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me as a guest, Chris. Really appreciate it. There you go, guys. Uh, check it out. Go to their website. You can reach out to them and contact them there, too. NapierB2B.com. Uh, thanks to our audience for tuning in. Go to Goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn, of course, the our favorite. And uh, we're starting to do stuff on TikTok. Chris Foss one on TikTok and the Chris Foss Show podcast on TikTok. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. And that's